Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier. No grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member-exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash morningcup and use the code morningcup. Question. If I were to ask you right this second to write down all of the subscriptions you pay for each month, would you be able to do it without missing one? It's more difficult than it sounds, especially with so many options and those sneaky free trials that you sometimes forget to cancel. What if I told you I had the perfect solution to help you with this exact problem? Why don't you try Rocket Money? With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to see each and every single subscription I pay for, even the ones I totally forgot I had. I'm sure you've been there too, but Rocket Money can help cancel it with just a few taps. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens, so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Take control over your finances and with the help of Rocket Money's easy-to-use dashboard, compare your monthly spending and make saving money easier than ever. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. Rocketmoney.com slash morningcup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... We live in a world where, when sick, we have to place our trust in strangers to take care of us. And for the most part, it's what keeps us alive and well. These well-trained men and women know exactly what to do in a medical emergency, and we surrender to their know-how. At least, that's how it should be. On September 30th, 1969, a man was born who would take advantage of that surrender and take advantage of the trust gained by medical professionals. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Murder. 
On September 30, 1969, a man named Efren Saldivar was born in Brownsville, Texas to a mother who crossed the border to ensure her children were U.S. citizens. His family would later move to Los Angeles so his father could search for work as a handyman, while his mother, Isara, worked as a seamstress. Isara raised her children as Jehovah's Witnesses and instilled in them a mentality that said their admittance into heaven depended on how many good deeds they did while on earth. Efren was a well-liked kid, if not a little lazy, and wowed his teachers with his extroverted personality and desire to do good. Then, when he got older, he started to take notice of the kids involved in local gangs. To Efren, they seemed cool and full of power that he didn't seem to possess. He wanted desperately to join, but as a middle schooler, he wasn't welcome to hang out with the older boys. And by the time he was old enough to partake, the boys he idolized were long gone. Without a place to fit in, Efren was left feeling alone, rejected, and ostracized by his fellow peers. With very little direction, Efren began his first job at a local supermarket where his lack of responsibility quickly became an issue. Things weren't going well for Efren, and when his grades ended up flunking him out of senior year, he resigned himself to a life of menial jobs and just barely scraping by. But then he saw an old friend in a uniform that would change everything. Intrigued by his friend's new life, Efren learned that they were enrolled in the College of Medical and Dental Careers in North Hollywood. Seeing a future for himself for the first time in his life, Efren decided he wanted to look just as good as his friend looked, and decided to go get his GED and enroll in the technical school in 1988. Less than a year later, the 19-year-old had a certification and a job lined up at the Glendale Adventist Medical Center working on the night shift a schedule he preferred because there were less people around to get in his way. Part of his new job included respiratory rehabilitation, intubating patients who were having difficulty breathing on their own, and determining if they were getting enough oxygen in their blood throughout the night. It was a lot of responsibility, especially for a boy who was still a teenager. But he used his know-how in all things computer and drugs to gain a well-liked reputation throughout the center. He was good at his job, he was good at speaking with the patients while they waited for their medication to kick in, and he was good at maintaining his work ethic despite being on the undersupervised graveyard shift where he was the only technician on call in the whole building. In fact, he was so good he worked part-time in other area facilities who were desperately short-staffed, working overtime to help his family pay the bills. Looking back, I imagine this was a decision that each of the facilities went on to regret. As time went by and Efren Saldivar continued to work his 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shifts, patients here and there would succumb to whatever illness brought them into the center and pass away into the night. It wasn't unheard of, which is why it went on for a while before anyone was the wiser. Patients like Jean Coyle, who on February 26, 1997, pressed her button to call for some help and got Efren Saldivar. The next thing Jean remembers is blacking out. Not thinking anything of it, Jean went on to make a full recovery and leave the Adventist Health Center. It wasn't until the press started releasing stories about the center that she had any idea how close she was to death. 
In early March of 1998, Efren Saldivar came to the police and made a confession, one he would later retract, taking responsibility for killing at least 50 of his former patients over the course of his eight-year career. According to the stories, Efren injected a paralytic drug into his patients that would later lead to a respiratory and or cardiac arrest. Drugs like morphine and succimethonium chloride that were later found in his locker as well as syringes. A drug called pancaronium was also used on at least six of the murders. It stopped a patient's respiration just as they were about to be placed on a medical ventilator. As he continued talking, Efren assured officers that he didn't just kill anyone who walked into the center. No, he had a very careful selection process and proudly only chose patients who were unconscious, close to death, and had a DNR order, stating that he was simply helping them meet their maker quickly and painlessly. Despite an investigation, there was no real way to determine exactly who was a victim of his foul play and who died naturally. According to his confession, the killings began in 1989, just six months after he started his job as a technician. And the reason he came to police with all of this information was because in August of 1997, he heard that one of his co-workers had seen the morphine he had stashed in his locker. The hospital started to hear rumors about an angel of death starting just a few months before. But after an internal investigation turned up nothing, Efren continued his work and continued the murders. It wasn't until the morphine was discovered that he stopped his work, and police began their own investigation after getting an anonymous call saying a man at the center, quote, helped a patient die fast. In an affidavit by the officer who interviewed the angel of death, Efren explained how angry he got when he saw a patient being kept alive despite their suffering, and that his anger far surpassed the guilt he may have felt taking their life into his own hands. Unfortunately, police could only detain Efren for 48 hours after his March 1998 confession due to lack of corroborating evidence. But the confession surfaced in the press a little later that month, and Efren, who had his license revoked, was terminated from the center. Shortly thereafter, Efren went on ABC TV News Magazine 2020 and recanted every single statement he made in his confession, claiming he lied because he was depressed suicidal and wanted to be sent to death row so the state could do what he could not bring himself to. He said it was all an embellishment that snowballed into a victim list of 50 when he was really just an innocent man. As for the co-worker who allegedly found the morphine in his locker, Efren went on to say that this man just didn't like him and simply was trying to get him fired. The Glendale police dismissed these new claims and said that, at the time, they believed at least one murder had been committed and they were still working on getting the evidence necessary for an arrest. The bodies of almost all of the patients who died while Efren Saldivar was on duty were exhumed and autopsies were performed to see if any evidence of foul play could be located. Soon, a common thread started to appear. Unusually high levels of Pavilon, which remained in the system for months after death, unlike the other drugs Efren claimed to have used. At the same time, the former head of respiratory care department at Loma Linda University started an internal investigation into Adventist Health and determined that Efren's victim count could potentially be as high as 200, though there was no evidence left behind to corroborate this information. In the end, 171 patients died in Efren's care, 
54 had to be ruled out due to cremation, and after 20 exhumations, six cadavers had evidence of Pavilon. They were 82-year-old Jose Alfaro, who died just two days after admittance, 75-year-old Salvia Satrian, who died after three days despite showing signs of improvement, 84-year-old Myrtle Brower, who died after 10 days, 87-year-old Balbino Castro, who died nine days later, and 77-year-old Eleonora Schlegel, who died after three days at Adventist Health. Jean Coyle became the sole survivor of Elfrin Saldivar. He was arrested on January 10, 2001, and on March 12, 2002, at the age of just 32, Efren pleaded guilty to six counts of murder and received seven consecutive life sentences with no chance of parole. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on October 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.